Hello, everybody. Welcome to the WestCon Football Podcast. Coach Joe Loth with yours truly, Bart Pasterna. Coach, uh, it's uh, it's great to be able to connect. We want to make sure that people understand that the big reason behind this is to connect with students, with alum, and especially want to connect with the WestCon sporting community Football players, most especially, we welcome you, and we always want to hear from you because virtually every time out that we do one of these, a WestCon grid player is going to get featured. Yeah, no question. And I'm excited to do this because, especially with Bart Basterna and Bart's background, he's really been the voice of the Colonials going back to the (laughs) 80s, right, when I was in high school. (laughs) But that really ties history together. I'm a big historian, and I think there's a lot of great history at Western Connecticut, whether it's athletics, but especially football. When we start looking at Coach Pascaloni or Coach Serace or some of the great players and coaches we've had over the years. So I'm excited to kind of, like you said, tie our current players with our older players, with our alumni, with our friends of football, friends of Western Connecticut, but do it with someone that really has a great knowledge of the history of Western Connecticut football and athletics. I appreciate that, and I appreciate uh, this program, the football program, and all of the athletic programs because uh, uh, despite the fact I started when I was a baby uh, (laughs) helping out here at Westcon, I have been able to see things grow. And I'm talking about programs, uh, the number of student-athletes who are involved, and certainly uh, getting to see the facilities become what they have become here at the university. And and just watching all the people over the years who have utilized their time at Westcott in order to become the individuals they are today. And we're talking about teachers, doctors, lawyers, folks who are involved in, uh, in law enforcement. And it, this is the... It, Amazing coaches <laughs> who have gone on to careers. In fact, we're going to talk with one a little bit later here. Yeah, we're excited to talk to one of our old alumni, Will Arndt, who uh, graduated. He's in my really my first year here as a head coach. He was my quarterback, and there's a unique story with that. But uh, it's excited to get guys like Will back. And it's once again, you know, you talk about how things have changed here and things have grown here. Uh, one of the unique things about Western Connecticut like almost every school, is there's a lot of people that played here in the 70s and 80s that were told about the new stadium that was going to get built or the new <laughs> athletic center that was going to get built. And and obviously stuff always happens a little longer than it's supposed to happen, but it all eventually got built, and, and it was, there's really a wow factor to some of our facilities, and a lot of our alumni are like, wow, I was told about this. You know, I, I'm just happy it happened. You know, Well, it's amazing to see the success that programs had over the years before there were these facilities on hand. It's a it's a tribute to the people who have been behind the scenes and right there on the fields directing these young student athletes because um, you you can't do it unless it's a it's a collaborative. Now that you have the facilities to match what what these programs have to offer, ooh, I absolutely love it, love it, love it. I do want to mention um, the outset and. and uh, you know, as far as the the football program goes, there was a sad note in the in the off season, the loss of a coach. But there's going to be a tribute coming up for for Coach Salisbury. Yeah, we had a, a tragic loss. Uh, coach Sean Salisbury uh, was a the secondary coach for us uh, the past couple years, and he was involved in a tragic car accident. And uh, and what we're trying to do, what we're going to do for uh, our team, his family, and really. Uh, 
anybody that really knew him well is we're going to have a celebration of life for Coach Salisbury on campus here in April. And uh, really looking forward to, you know, celebrating his life. And really, uh, you know, since I've said from the beginning, is uh, doing something for his parents because this is all about comforting his parents and making sure that they uh, understand how important he was and what an impact he had for our team and our our program. Oh, the the outpouring of affection and, and those who were able to work with him uh, has just been tremendous and an individual who will be uh, sorely missed by the program. As the weeks go on, we'll be talking about uh, coaching staff, uh, players, because uh, in Division Three. Uh, things things change. Hey, look, a guy like Will Arndt goes on to play in the pros and, and ends up becoming uh, a coach. Things shift around and change. People who are members of Westcon's coaching staff over the years go on to different levels and even the NFL. And you talked about Bob Serace. What's he doing now, coach? He's the head coach of Princeton. Yeah. And, and what's, you know, uh, we have uh, Will Arn, who we'll talk about where he's coaching now. He's actually coaching for a guy named Paul Lapolice, who was a assistant coach with me here at Western Connecticut when I was a young coach. So there's a lot of Western Connecticut guys out there. And like like uh, Bart was saying, you know what's unique about college football and really pro football is there is movement of coaches. You know, my my buddy was the head coach at Fordham like five years ago, and he had eight full time coaches on his staff, and he had to replace all eight in the off season. So you're going to see coaches coming and going. And I always tell our young coaches, it's part of my job to get you that next job because this business is about moving up and on and uh, always trying to, and I wouldn't say look for the next job, but you know, kind of pay your dues, do a great job, and then move on to the next job. And that's, that's college football. That's pro football as far as the profession goes. Well, yeah, if you're going to make it a career, if you're going to make coaching a, a career, you want to look for those opportunities if they indeed do come along. And speaking of opportunities, one last reach out to alums before we talk to one here on the podcast is just to say Westcott Football has a Facebook page, right? Without a question. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a Twitter page. I think we have a small TikTok page. I mean, it's uh, it's the world of social media, so it's very easy for, uh, obviously, our alumni to, to follow along with us, see what's going on, and reach out to us, but also for us to reach out to them, you know, and kind of make it a two-way street. Yeah, so always touch base, and let us know how you're doing, because we'll mention it here. I, I just saw uh, Davey Silversey, who played here some moons ago, uh, relocated his his business. Things just got too big, so... He has moved into the Stanford area for his automotive business. Congratulations to Dave. But, you know, let us know how you do it. Hey, hey Shea Bowman, when you're running for office. <laughs> Do- Dr. Shea Bowman. Dr. Shea Bowman, let us know, Doc, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, how things are going yeah. in the uh, in the political battle, so to speak. Anybody out there just saw a picture of how he am, Ronnie, with, with the big man Bayer there uh, getting together. Let us know how you're doing it, and we'll share it with people out there. If you, if your kid graduated, if you're having a baby, whatever you're doing, we want to promote and celebrate our Westcon players. Without a doubt, uh, Westcon football is family. It's just a big family that started back in the mid '80s, and now it's you know till now, and we consider everybody that's played here. Uh, part of that family or coached here, part of that family, and we want to celebrate, obviously, as a family, anything that happens. All right, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back, and joining us will be the record holder 
uh, when it comes to quarterbacks at Westcott. Will Arndt will be here. He is now coaching in the Canadian Football League. He's going to be a quarterback's coach. Ooh, there's a stretch for him. But what a great guy. What a talent from Newtown High and onward and upward. Westcon into the CFL. That's what's coming next here on our Westcon Football Podcast. want to welcome everybody back to our WestCon football podcast. Bart Pisterna, Coach Joe Loth, Will Arndt is going to join us right now. And you can identify us all simply because uh, Coach Loth is wearing the up-to-date modern WestCon apparel. Uh, it, it is Will Arndt in his colonial garb here for us. And I myself am wearing the oldest version possible of Westcon football garments. So uh, that's the bottom line. You can identify us all here, other than the fact that Arndt's the good-looking one, too. <laughs> no question. Uh, William, welcome. We're so glad you could join us and, and glad you're embarking on, uh, on and furthering, I should say, your coaching career. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, anytime I get a chance to talk Westcon football, I'm in, so this will be fun. Well, before we get to the Canadian stuff, Coach Loth, Got to coach you. You were here. You were his QB when you were when when he was taking things over. And boy, what a career it was! I if I I run out of fingers if I had to count how many records that that you held when you left this institution. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't um, an immediate thing. You know, I was surrounded by good people and. Um, have such fond memories at the school and thankful for uh, for all that. But, um, yeah, it was cool to go out with a really hot senior year and try to keep that momentum going. Well, you you did this university proud. There's no no question of that. And you have continued to do so. Coach Loth, what are, what are some of your fondest memories of working with this young man? Well, you know what's funny is my first memory, and Will may or may not even remember this, is, uh, you know, I, I got hired really June 1st of his second year, which is pretty late in the coaching uh, hiring process. Yep. And I met with the guys a little bit in the summer, and there was really two quarterbacks. Uh, we'll play a little bit of receiver his freshman year, played a little bit of quarterback. And I kind of went into the year and hadn't watched a, watched some film, but not a lot. There wasn't a lot of film on Will, and there's, there's another quarterback that actually started, uh, surprisingly, Will's freshman year. So we go to our first team meeting. I think they're both sitting in the front row, and I kind of give them my spiel about how we're going to do things here. And uh, meeting ends, and uh, the kid that started the year before uh, walks up to me and said, Coach, I ain't playing this year. So he actually quit after the first team meeting. So then I go down to now I have Will as, as uh, uh, one of my quarterbacks who didn't play a lot as a freshman year. So then we go out to our first practice, and I see Will throw the ball around a little bit, run around a little bit. And I remember to this day, I, you know, I came up to my office, Called up one of my friends said, I think I got a really good quarterback. I think I got a scholarship-type quarterback uh, running around for us. And the kid didn't even play last year as a freshman. So that's the first thing I remember about Will is, is first of all, like, oh, wow, he's my quarterback now. And then actually seeing him play in person and realizing right away he had a lot of, lot of talent, a lot of gifts. How would you feel about being thrust into that situation there, Will? Well, you know, as you remember, uh, we had some rough days early on. Oh, yeah. Uh, my freshman year, you know, uh, before Coach Loth came, having gone 0-10. And so, 
you know, that did give me an opportunity to play early where, you know, if I uh, was in a different situation, maybe I wouldn't be able to get that experience that helped me have success. And, uh, yeah, so, so many fond memories. You know, I was psyched to see that they hired uh, Coach Loth. And I remember I was down in Ocean City, Maryland, but I got a text message from him um, over the summer basically saying that, hey, I'm the new head coach, really excited to be working with you. And, um, you know, I remember – that it was super uh, refreshing for everybody on the team to have, um, you know, somebody so great in the building again. So, did you uh, look around at your your teammates and yeah? You know, I'm not trying to tell any super secrets here, Will, but you know, look around at your teammates, your 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 guys as a as a whole. That first impression of Coach Loth, because we hear one quarterback says. Playing this year. So, what was the general impression? Well, I think you know, like anything else, it takes time. Um, But I think his actions, you know, kind of said enough for the people on our team. You know, it's one of the interesting things about college football. It's not for everybody. And I saw a lot of guys come and go. I came in with over forty guys my freshman year, and I think my by the time I was a senior, there were less than ten ten left. So that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, Coach Loth was, is a process guy, and he established a culture from day one. And, you know, he led by example by being the first guy in the building. We'd show up to practice. His Jeep would be there in the parking lot in the same spot, and he'd leave at 8 o'clock at night, and his Jeep would still be there in the parking lot. And um, he was on top of things and had a hand at everything that we were doing. So um, I think that says enough about who he is and what he's established. And I think that's one thing that we have to emphasize, Will, is the fact that, a lot of people like to point to divisions, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and maybe discount the level of seriousness that goes along with each of those divisions. Uh, D3 is still serious business. You, you don't just play football so that mm, you can get three squares a day. And, mm-hmm. and maybe get free uh, free time in a workout room. Uh, you're playing it because you love to play and you want to win. And that requires and that demands time and effort and energy and collaboration and all those things. So you can't uh, you can't half-ass this stuff. And you know, football is a game that requires people to be all in. So um, you know, I saw a quote the other day. It was, "If you play D1, you're a stud. If you play D2, you're a stud." To play D three year stud, and I think there's a lot of truth in that. For you, coach, uh, looking at that that group when you got started, and now you've got your your quarterback. It's it's your quarterback by subtraction, but at the same time, you you know you've got a guy with a lot of talent right there. Um, it it had to be a pretty good feeling, but at the same time, you're trying to build something. Does does Will at that point in time become kind of a a, a centerpiece uh, that that focal point on which you can build an offense around? Well, I think uh, Will will attest to this as much as anything. Is we had three primary guys. Obviously, we had a quarterback with him, and in our offense, we need an X receiver, and we had a great X receiver in Connor Felaguero, and then we had a pretty good running back named Octavius McCoy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so we we had like offensively, we really had some some pieces in place right away that we just had to work our way through a little bit. And I'll tell you, you know that that first year, as Will knows, there were some struggles and some challenges, and 
We had some close losses, but the beating Montclair that first year may has been, a, it, without a question, is the most emotional I've ever seen a team after winning a football game. And to me, it wasn't quite as emotional because I'd only lost a handful of games as the head coach there before we beat Montclair. But the number, but the emotion of the guys that had lost 20 plus games and the administrators, I mean, there's people crying. There was, it was, and well, yeah. like once again, I mean, yeah. have you ever been involved in an emotional release? Probably is the best word to yeah. say for that. After we beat Montclair in overtime that day, it was, it was a crazy, crazy uh, emotional release. And I'll never forget that day. Oh, there, yeah. there, there have been days like that. And, and Will, um, so extra special that to this day, it is a game that is constantly brought up by alums and by folks who are just fans of WestCon football. I think WestCon made a lot of fans that day, Will. No doubt. Um, what an emotional day. I still got, you know, blurry pictures of guys going crazy in the locker room after. And, uh, yeah, I mean, football is such a emotionally invested you got to be so emotionally invested to do it and it requires so much. So for some of those seniors having lost 20, over 20 games in a row, I mean, that's, that takes a toll on you. It makes you doubt yourself. And uh, for us to have, that was really special. And um, you know, when we went to a bowl game and won that bowl game and our team got rings that year, we put the number 27 engraved on the inside of the ring just to kind of remember, hey, this is where we came from and this is what we've been through. And it means that much more. Um, every time you look inside that ring. Yeah, and that was a crazy year, too. And going from, you know, that streak to winning a bowl game year, two was, once again, the emotion, you know, came out once again, I think. Not mm-hmm. just winning a bowl game, but the the investment put into winning that bowl game prior to me even getting there. I mean, there's guys invested so much emotionally and physically to do that in their senior year was, once again, another huge emotional thing. Well... You've always struck me as an offensive guy who appreciates his defense, though, because they allow you to catch your breath and <laughs> when you're on the field. Um, talk about how that team kind of comes together, because you know, we always hear about the fact there's the offensive side, there's the defensive side, but unless you come together and have each other's back, you're, you're not winning a, a bowl game. You're not mm-hmm. having that kind of success, right? Oh, there's no question. I mean, it's a three phases game, you know, offense gets a lot of the attention, but you know, I've been on, I've been a part of plenty of Westcon football games where, you know, we've won because our offense had a strong day or we won because our defense was able to pull the offense along and we were able to win a close game that way. I've won games where special teams play a huge role or we weren't able to execute in a special teams play down the stretch. So, I um, mean, it, it goes all the way around. McCoy was extra special, as we know, as as an offensive back, and um, you know he did. How did how did the team react when he's getting all these these headlines, getting that ESPN time, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Because that really didn't happen to Westcon football. Yeah, I mean, what a whirlwind of a of a year. Um, so special to be a part of. I mean, Octavius is a little bit older than I am. And uh, I remember watching him in high school and just being absolutely blown away by the type of player he was. And when I finally got the chance to play with him, it was a, it was um, pretty surreal for me. And to be able to share the backfield um, with him on the field was 
was pretty special and he was quite the character off the field uh that always kept things interesting and kept you on your toes and but he uh he produced and there was no question about it so really special to see and really uh really cool to be a part of yeah no question you know i just yeah you smile when you think about octavius right just yeah. talking about you know him being on the field and off the field uh maybe a guy no one that football's meant as much to him as anyone i've ever coached to and uh, warrior off the field, on the field, uh, great guy, uh, unique guy, and uh, stories, man. Yeah, yeah, without a question. So I, I'm smiling just thinking Octavius right now. And you had your Montana Rice relationship, if you will, with a special receiver. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I think that the last game really. I mean, what a what a model of consistency, though. You know, he was always productive for us and he was consistent he was always there he was always where he was supposed to be so i always appreciated connor's um you know attention to detail and you know what sticks out to me is that last game you know i it was it was a record i kind of chased and um tied and came up short a couple of times for most touchdowns in a single game um where i finally got seven in my last one but for him to get five to me is one of the most wild stats I've heard to this day for a receiver to have five touchdowns is uh, it's pretty amazing. So um, really cool to be able to send him out on top like that. Nice to have a combo like that, right, Coach? Yeah, you know, and what's great about Connor, and once again, Will can attest to this, maybe the best practice guy we've ever had. I mean, he was a grinder yeah. in practice, a technician, and we were fortunate enough that his senior year, we had a young guy named Austin Calamita, who was a young freshman, very talented guy coming in. And we said we put Austin into the Connor Falaguera internship program. Like he taught him how to practice, taught him how to, to play. And really, uh, Austin evolved that by the time Austin was a senior, we put Will Daniels in the, you know, Austin Calamita internship program. And really, so it's, it's in a lot of ways, Connor has still an influence on how we coach receivers because yeah. of any successful program, your upperclassmen are passing on, you know, uh, little tips and, 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 expectations and Connor really was a kid that helped lead us and set expectations just like Will as a player and that's important in getting a program going in the right direction. And that's part of the investment in the program. When your upperclassmen as they move along show that kind of dedication that they'll work with the younger players uh, when there there may be some other things they could do uh, Will, you know that that's that's telling you you have a real team here, right? You know, Coach Loth put in all all the things in place for us to be successful, but he always, you know, would tell us that it's got to come from your upperclassmen in order to you know take the next step or to make real change. And you know, I think that's what we're really illustrating here with these characters, whether it's a Connor Falaguera or um, an Octavius McCoy or hopefully myself or. A Johnny Medina is that you have players that are getting other guys to be involved and developing a culture of, you know, whether it's guys doing extra work or me getting guys to the field during the summer when we're off or Octavius running on the highway between Midtown and <laughs> Westside campus, just <laughs> encouraging guys to do more and be more and, and be invested in what we're building. So, um, you know, Coach Loth put it in place and you, you put a couple of special players uh, in place and you got a good recipe. I have to tell you, I have to be honest here, Coach. Look, I know you got 91 touchdowns. I know you got 7,000-plus yards. I know you have all that stuff. But one of the things that I'm most proud of about Will Orange is the fact that multiple times, all-conference academic team, 
So you're doing it on the field and you're doing it in the classroom. That's, you know, that's, look, that's the poster child for Wisconsin football. Well, I thought he was going to say your 92-yard touchdown run. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> and it sounds it, it sounds better than it looked. It, I agree with that a thousand percent. <laughs> but being an, a conference all academic team member, that that takes setting the example to a next level because it, you have to admit if you if you don't have both of those things going for you, it it could be a little more difficult. Once you get outside the the school walls, yeah, I, and I think you touch on a great point. So for me, you know, as a quarterback and a leader on the team, like if I'm not doing that stuff, I'm setting the wrong example. And um, Coach Sloth did a great job of setting up, you know, our schedule to be able to be good students and prioritize it, and got us help with Allison Greenwood. And so um, there's a big credit to him on you know putting that in place. And then I just tried to you know, enforce that standard and, and, you know, be a leader on and off the field. But I'm also a local kid and I'm, I want to be proud of the school. And so, you know, I want to be a good representation by, you know, saying, Hey, this is a good place to go to school. It's a great academic school. Like you could do great things here. So, you know, as someone that's local and played there, I want to be an ambassador for the school in any way that I can. And you never forget Newtown Sandy Hook roots. Right beautiful stuff and and now a coach just like just like coach Loth here you uh, you had been doing some some coaching but now you are Ottawa's quarterbacks coach right for yeah for coach Law police that's right Western yep, Connecticut and, uh, roots right no no doubt and uh it's a funny story I remember when I was a junior uh coach Law police um was down at the campus for whatever reason. And uh, I actually got a chance to meet him for the first time in the weight room. And, uh, you know, that for me, Division three kid, you know, that was a junior at the time, always had the dream of playing pro football. Um, it's pretty ironic that, you know, first professional coach I meet, uh, whatever, seven years later, probably, I'm now getting a chance to coach quarterbacks for him. So pretty, pretty cool to come full circle. People will ask, uh, how different is the Canadian game than the American game. There are differences, I know, but when push comes to shove, um, you you still have to be an athlete. You're not you're not just getting up from the home bar after quaffing a few and playing football. It's football, baby. Oh, oh yeah. No, you said it. Uh, you know, the, if that's the way you you look at the league, or if you're a player going into that league, I've seen it chew up and spit out Heisman finalists, first round draft picks. Uh, so it's professional football at the highest level and it's got a very different spin on it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a really cool league to be a part of, but uh, I mean, don't get it twisted. It's uh, it's real football and it's tough uh, to stick in. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that I, I've been a guest coach up there for a couple couple summers working coach La Police. And really, it's it, the skill set for the quarterback up there is more challenging than it is for the NFL. The field's bigger. The ball's actually wider, I think, a little bit. Yep. So it's definitely yep. – uh, I've seen the same thing as well. I've seen guys that were Heisman Trophy winners, you know, get cut in camp because they can't make all the throws you need to make up there. So professionally, especially in the passing game, it is definitely – I think it's a step a little bit harder to throw the ball up there than it is in the National Football League. Yeah, and your season will be starting when? 
Uh, first regular season game, I got to know my background here, is uh, May 27th All in right. Toronto. So that's uh, – and then regular season kicks off in June. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just to, to finish off that point, I always joke that if I ever went back to U.S. football that I would dominate because – I have so much more to keep track of in the Canadian game, and it's a wider field, and they got a stronger arm and a better passer and stuff. But I guess we'll never know. But you weren't one of those guys motioning either, though. That is true. That is true. <laughs> well, hey, last year, you know, the Giants could have used you well, okay? Uh-huh. You know, my gosh, the stuff they were going to, I won't mention names, down the stretch due to injury. Hey, I'm sitting there saying, where's, where's Arndt? Why is no one calling Arndt? Hey, man, you said it. <laughs> you know? So, never say never, but I'm I'm glad that you're happy in this particular role and you get to work with a great guy, as Coach mentioned in, in Paulopolis. Yeah, and just to round off that point, you know, I was uh, – my transition to the CFL was was a little bit better because of Coach Loth. You know, he would, he would bring down concepts from his time in guest coaching and he would show us clips from time to time. So, I it wasn't super foreign to me uh, by the time I got my shot up there, so – that was a that was a critical piece in me getting a getting a jump. Is the food okay there though? Food's good. Little too much poutine for me. <laughs> I'm not a poutine guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, and the beer's a little stronger, so that's good or bad depending on who you are. <laughs> well, I want to wish you the best of of luck. Most certainly, coach. You got some things to add. Yeah, well, I talk to Will all the time. We're always in touch, so so I'll, I'm excited to follow his journey up in in Canada. And obviously, uh, you know, he's I'm proud of him as a coach. You know what I mean? Proud of him as a person. Uh, he, not only is a, a really good football player for me, but he's going to be a great coach. And I know he's working with a great guy. So I'm I'm really excited to watch his year this year. And I'll follow it because it's Ottawa and because Will's there and because Coach Lapolis is there. You know, I, I talk to both of them quite a bit. When you grab the cup, you'll you'll bring it down here for a visit. No, no question. Oh yeah, it'll be on you campus. <laughs> it'll be on. Yeah, right. It'll be on campus, with filled with some Canadian beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will, I want to thank you. I know Coach certainly appreciates you taking down the time. One of the uh, one of the greatest alumni ever, and a great representative of this football program. You don't know how much you are appreciated for all you have brought and continue to bring, because I know. I know kids can look to you and say, eh, you know what, maybe maybe I can be there someday. This program has some peeps who've done some stuff in the uh, in the football world. You've done a great job, and I can't thank you enough. I, I, it means a lot for me to hear that, so I appreciate it, and I don't take it lightly. And uh, the football program at West Com means a lot to me, and I look forward to the, the bright future it has. All right, we're gonna. We promise you no poutine, but we're gonna hold you to the cup with the beer in it. Okay. <laughs> you bet. You got it. Thank you, Will. Hey, thanks, Will, for coming on today. Thank you, guys. Well, welcome back to our WestCon Football Podcast. Bark Business. We'll come up with a better name down the road. We'll po- figure it out. Podcast number one. That the podcast. So <laughs> Number one, <laughs> uh, what, what we hope will be a series of podcasts as we uh, we take you through uh, West Con football, uh, historically and currently as as well, because uh, before you know it, trust me, the way these months have gone, Coach, this season will be no question. <laughs> before no question. you know it. Um, and 
I know. Uh, after la- last year was a growing pains year. You said to me before the season, Bart, young team, going to be some growing pains. But you finished with a flourish, which is always a good thing to carry over. Yeah, no question. You know, I started, you know, we're talking Will Art was here at quarterback. Uh, I started my first true freshman quarterback since 2006 when I was at my last school. So we're excited that we have a young quarterback in John Giller that's just going to get better and better. He grew throughout the year, but our team, you know, our offensive line, our defense, I mean, we were young all over the place. And obviously part of our job as coaches is to retain kids and develop kids, but we really feel like we laid the groundwork of, you know, I don't want to say starting over, but really building the base of moving forward uh, from where we were last year. Yeah, because folks have to remember, COVID affected things. Uh, people graduated who didn't get to play a final year. Some folks said, you know what, I just got to concentrate on the academics. And so they were not going to be able to come back. But you brought in a great group of guys who dedicated themselves. And you would know if the if things were going south, it, it would be very evident. Football is one of those sports where it's very evident. Well, no. Again, finishing with a flourish, such a positive way to end the campaign. So a big thumbs up to looking forward to the to the upcoming season. And for, for all the Westcom programs, everybody is – I know all these – a lot of other programs have had to deal with it, but I think for Division Three teams, it's had even more of that effect. I think it's a little bit different when you're in the upper levels and there's a lot of scholarship stuff tossed around or this or that or whatever. Here at D3, it's you're playing because you love the game and you're dedicated to it, so it's it's a lot more difficult. You guys did a tremendous job. You and the coaching staff did a tremendous job. Yeah, we like I said, I, we think we built the base. We think we have a, a really good nucleus coming back. And it was interesting, you know, you would think it would be the opposite, but at Division Three, the private schools are the ones that seemed that they had more kids come back for their fifth year and spend money. And I know RPI, a guy I used to coach here, Coach Isernia, was head coach of RPI. I think he had 40 seniors this year, which, you know, a bunch of guys coming back for their fifth year, engineering kids and everything. So... It was interesting to see that a lot of the private schools really got more guys back. The state schools kind of graduated a couple classes and moved on. So it was a little bit of a reset, but like I said, I think we reset in a really good way. Oh, absolutely. Now, I just want to get some quickie thoughts from you on uh, the world of professional sports. Number one, I like baseball. You visit a lot of baseball parks in your time. Uh, Baseball lockout, hate that stuff. Hate it. Yeah, you know, but baseball is funny. Every time they have a lockout, what, every 10 or 20 years or whatever, they say baseball is not going to come back. It's going to come back. But do not like to see the lockout. I'm a big Cleveland Indians fan. Uh, some people call them the Guardians, but they're really the Cleveland Indians. And uh, so I'm excited to watch my Indians play this year. And I got a little rule. If they're over 500, you know, I'll get the Major League Baseball app, watch the games all summer. So so hopefully they're going to be playing baseball this summer. If they are, uh, I'll be excited. Yeah, and they have one of the, the best skippers and nicest guys on the planet, right. Terry Francona. That's why they're good. they got oh. a great manager. Right? Oh. He, is, he is just so good. Oh, and um, obviously some other things are going on. I know uh, you, you let it slip before the podcast that you became a Duke fan many, many <laughs> years ago. Coach K, uh, speaking of long-term coaches, uh, is bidding adieu, saying goodbye. This will be his last uh, last big dance. Yeah, definitely going to age myself here. But the first, I like Duke really in the early or mid-80s, early 80s when Johnny Dawkins was a guard. It was kind of my first favorite Duke guy. 
that led to uh, uh, Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner and Grant Hill when I watched the NCAA championship game in Indianapolis one year, watched Duke play. I've really been a big fan of those guys ever since. Uh, probably been a little less of a college basketball fan when it can, the one and done kind of happened probably four, what, four or five years ago where you don't have as many solid Division One teams staying together. But definitely a big Duke fan and, uh, you know, sad to see Coach K retire. And good, you know, interesting fact, Duke won the uh, ACC outright title for the first time since what year? What do you think in basketball this year? Tell me, Coach. Take a guess. I know I could. Two, Trust me. 2006. They haven't won an outright ACC regular season title. 2006? Yeah. And yes, I saw that the other day, and it kind of was, wow. I, I wouldn't have thought it was that long ago. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so, for, you know, the one thing is, I think it was fascinating to watch the evolution of Coach K, because I'll take myself further. I remember when, when he was working at Army, Okay, <laughs> Coach Knight, right? Yeah, Coach, and he was up in Bear Mountain, yeah, working working at Army. Um, the evolution of his wardrobe alone, <laughs> absolutely. I never thought I would see the day yeah. of Coach Coach K in like a tracksuit, working <laughs> the sidelines. Yeah, college coaching attire has definitely changed in my my lifetime. I was one of those guys, football wise. We had the uh, polyester shorts when we first started, and polyester pants. Some of the coaches used to wear. So definitely <laughs> coaching attire. Football and basketball has evolved to the better oh, over the years. And, and may I say, Coach Law's sartorial splendor is right up there. And <laughs> before we run, run, run away, again, want to remind people, in the future, we're going to be bringing on more a West Kind alum to, to chat with us here. And uh, may not just be player alum, maybe some former coaches who have worked with the program, but we want to make sure this is a place where you all feel comfortable to be with us and chat with us, but let us know. Go to the Facebook page. Go to all the social media for WestCon Football and stay in touch with us and let us know about things happening to all of you because we want to know. If we don't stay in touch, we we have less of a family, and we want to have, I think Coach Log, we want to have the biggest football family on on this side of the Mississippi. No question. West Con football family, what it's all about. And like I always say, if you played a snap or coached a snap, I mean, you're part of that family and want to keep everybody involved and, and keep everyone informed, too. That's right. Whether you played in the, in the Dutch Bowl yep. <laughs> or you got to play in the uh, friendly confines of the WAC. So, Mark Pastrana for Coach Loth, I appreciate you inviting me to be along for the ride, Coach. Yeah, this is great. Once again, let's let's get into some history of WestCon football and, and uh, learn a little bit more about it and try to do this as much as we can. Yes, folks, thanks for being with us, and we'll have more WestCon football podcasts on the horizon for you. Thanks to the crew as well. We appreciate their efforts on our behalf. Have a good one, everybody. The WestCon football podcast is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us find new listeners. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WCSU Media, and feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.